Welcome to the Widely Optimized Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Terea Rodriguez, and I'm joined by the lovely co-host, Evie Tackett. Both of us are functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners, and we love working with women from all over the world through our virtual programs, helping women not only feel better, but actually achieve that vibrant, no-holds-barred version of themselves they've been missing for a long time. And how we actually get there? Well, that is what this show is all about. Now, please keep in mind that this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. And if you like what you hear today, we would love for you to hit that follow button, leave a review in Apple podcast, share with your friends and keep coming back for more. Let's start today's adventure, shall we? Welcome back, everybody. We are now on season two, episode one of the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed the little break that we had there in between seasons. We're excited about our topic today because it's something that self-admittedly we're both very addicted to. Yes. (laughs) So that's going to be cold exposure. And what does it mean to have cold exposure and intentionally have cold exposure? And so if you caught it already, gold stars you means you've been listening to the Health in Motion podcast that Evie hosts. We had an episode that came out a few weeks ago where we talk, we were talking about cold exposure therapy. And this is the follow-on episode to that very same topic with a bit of a outdoor wilderness wild bent to it. Maybe we'll go a little deeper into some of the topics. But I just want to start off by saying that I'm now addicted to cold exposure therapy because of Evie's influence. She inspired me. So last time we talked about this, I blamed her for it. But really, the truth of the matter is, is that she inspired me through her willingness to take her health to a different level and experiment with cold exposure therapy. So Evie, how did you get exposed (laughs) pun intended with finger quotes i love it how did you get exposed to cold exposure therapy and what got you what piqued your interest in it yeah so it's been a year since i first started doing cold water immersion therapy cold exposure cold therapy all the words cold plunges I did April 2021 is when I attended a breathwork workshop, you know, fairly local to me. It was about a 90 minute drive to Columbus, Ohio for me. And the breathwork workshop was a bunch of breathwork and talking about that. And then you got to finish with time in the sauna and also a cold plunge. And so that really drew me there. I was like, well, that's really cool. I get to do all these things that I don't normally do and I don't really know a lot about. So I went up there and as soon as I got out of the tub, as difficult as it was and as a range of emotions I felt, I was like, I need to keep doing this. Yes. Like it was an immediate, like I need more. I, this, I, this is not enough. And so ever since then I just kept doing it and it was like, I did it maybe a few months later and I was like, man, I really love this. Why, why don't I do this? And then it was like a few months later. And then it was like, I just need to get one of these things at my house. So in that time I've bought a horse trough and I have that at my house and I use that as my cold plunge tank. 
So it was either that or invest in the actual cold plunge, which is like five grand or something. And I'm just like, I don't know where I'm going to put it. I don't want to make that investment right now. Horse trough is fine. So I went to the tractor supply store, bought it, fill it up with water, get some ice. It's you know, it's a little bit more work on the front end, but it works just as fine. But that's really how I got into it is I attended a workshop and just mainly, again, the theme that we have in most episodes is the curiosity in me was like, well, what is this about? And I don't know, this looks kind of cool and I'll try it and see if I like it. And I've just been hooked ever since. I love it. I love it. And it's interesting that you say that you've been hooked ever since and that you got that like euphoria sense of or that feeling of euphoria afterwards. I think that is exactly how I felt after I got brave enough to get fully immersed in the water for that period of time. But what it reminds me of is when I used to do long endurance cycling rides and races and events like that, is that runner's high, those endorphins that you get from putting yourself into a what's called a hormetic stressor, right? This is the type of stress that we use that's beneficial for our body, yet it's not a long-term chronic stressor that's going to be something that is going to break down the body. So using it as a hormetic stressor in that way, like, I love that feeling. It's such a good feeling. I know. I know. And again, I when I first did it and I got out, I was like, is this what people, is this what it's like to be high on something? Like, I don't know. I just felt like I was high on life and I was just addicted to that, that feeling. And I, I felt light, but I also felt grounded. And it was, it was so interesting to feel that way. And the word euphoria is a perfect description of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And of course, Evie and I both are health geeks in that way, right? We love talking about health and optimizing our health and what are the things that we can do for wellness and and that kind of stuff. And cold exposure therapy, there are so many studies on both human studies and mouse model studies and, and that kind of thing. Like the number of benefits that come out of it versus, you know, not doing it, it, it just propels my uh, need I guess you will yeah. for somebody who's totally addicted. It's a need, but it it compels me to do it even more because I know that I'm helping my overall health and wellness so much by putting myself into a situation of short-term, temporary, intentional cold, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so on the Health Emotion podcast, we talked a little bit about some of the health benefits. So if you haven't heard that, I'm including a link to that episode in the show notes for this episode as well. So you can go back and listen to that. We'll recap a couple of those things, but then we're also going to go a little bit more deeply. But we touched on metabolic health, on how you know it's really helpful for insulin sensitivity and blood sugar control. We touched a little bit on the immune response and how it helps stimulate some of our immune cells, which is amazing. I want to talk about a specific study for rheumatoid arthritis actually today. And we talked a little bit about the neurotransmitters that get released when you do a cold exposure therapy and how it increases norepinephrine and dopamine and those kinds of things, which probably is responsible for the euphoria, you know, that kind of thing. So in addition, like I just want to have people hear from you, Abby, what have you noticed about your personal health, both in a physical health, a mental health? Like mm-hmm. what have you noticed have been your biggest like takeaways from this practice? Yeah. 
Um, there's been probably two or three major ones that I've noticed. And the first initial one that I noticed was my stress response out of the tub. So I talk a lot about, you know, my response in the tub versus out of the tub. And um, when you're in this cold water and you have that moment of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? This is so cold. I'm so stressed. You're forced to focus on your breath because that's like the only thing that you can actually use to calm down. Mm -hmm. And so again, being exposed to this and doing about three hours worth of breath work before I ever got into the cold plunge for the first time, I was already thinking about that. And so we had practiced and we'd kind of come up with like, which breath work are you going to be doing while you're in the tub? Yeah. And so when I get in there, I'm always focusing on my breath. That's always my focal point is where is my breath? I'm taking, you know, I'm trying to take a deep inhale and then I'm doing a long, slow, prolonged exhale. And so by doing that, and controlling my breath, what I'm really doing is controlling my stress response. Yep. And I like that there's a transfer of controlling my stress response in the tub and out of the tub. So when I practice this in a really cold, stressful environment, and then I get out of the tub and I go maybe drive home and there's traffic or someone cuts me off or I read something on social media that stresses me out, I don't have that same response because I've already trained my body to have to take that pause and to reassure myself like you are safe, you are okay. Yep. Breathe, breathe through this. And so I love that that has transferred over from being in the tub and so I've noticed just a better control over that and we can take it a step further and say a better control over your adrenaline and norepinephrine response, right? Mm-hmm. Like your cortisol is shooting up when you are in that cold water, that's a very stressful situation. And so to be able to stay calm and grounded and breathe through that, that makes it really easy to do the same thing when you're out of the tub. Yeah. So I love that. I just feel like that whole breath work control has really impacted my stress response just day-to-day life and being able to take that pause. And in the other episode, I talked about this quote that I love from Viktor Frankl, Viktor E. Frankl, and it's he said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. And I just love that because that really, again, in the tub, I'm like, well, how am I, am I going to do a freak out or am I going to just breathe through this? And same thing in life. Am I going to freak out about this or am I going to breathe through it? So I love that. Another thing is we talked about increase in dopamine, right? The neurotransmitter that is responsible and associated with us in how we experience pleasure. So I do feel like overall I've had better shifts in my mood from this. Um, Yes, it's obviously immediate when I get out, but I also just feel in general, I feel like I'm a little bit more optimistic than I used to be, seeing things on the brighter side than I used to. So that's been very nice. And then I don't have direct data on this in terms of time I'm in the tub versus not, but in the past couple, within the past couple of years, I've had some, you know, wonky, unstable blood sugar readings. I've always kept my eye on it. I've done things with diet and all of that. And although I have continued to fine tune my diet, right, adding in some protein, meal timing, walking after meals to support that, I have noticed that my those sugars have stabilized. Yeah, just in the past year, which makes me suspicious that like it's got to be related to this as well because you know we talked about it in the other podcast, and I know you have information on this for yourself too. Is Uh, you know, it improves our insulin sensitivity and our glucose uptake. So I do think that I've noticed that those are kind of the big things for me. And then again, I can't say this is all related to cold exposure, but I do think that it has helped in my metabolism in terms of like just seeing changes that maybe would be more hard, like harder for me to see if I wasn't doing cold exposure just physically. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been some change in the past year that I've seen physically that I'm like, 
gosh, like I've been working out for all these years and like I still haven't been able to see that happen. And so like maybe that's related to it because we know it's activating brown fat cells and so all of that. But I definitely, the breath and the stress response has been my number one takeaway from this. So good. So good. And I, I like you, it, the the breath and the stress response is, is key you know, takeaway for me too. But I think one of the things that I'm so pleased with seeing is that immediate feedback of the glucose response and the insulin sensitivity. And I can't remember if we talked about this in season one or not, but earlier this year, I decided to do an experiment and obtain a continuous glucose monitor. So that's a device that you stick to the back of your arm or to the upper well, not upper, but to a portion of your belly, basically you find a a fatty spot to stick it to, but you stick this device to your body and then you can read it with your smartphone, typically a smartphone, sometimes another device, but that is measuring, it's measuring glucose, but it's measuring it a little bit differently. It's not direct mainline blood glucose, but it's interstitial glucose. So it's a little bit delayed, but it's once you learn how to read the data, it's actually a pretty useful tool. So like you, I've been learning different things about meal composition and certain foods that might spike my blood sugar or meal timing and those kinds of things. And while that's made some improvement, I've noticed that there's been a significant improvement in my overall swings, daily swings of ups and downs of my blood glucose since I started practicing cold water immersion therapy on a regular basis. And in fact, when I'm in the tub, about 20 minutes later is when you get the the effect readout on the interstitial glucose you can see that glucose drop because, of course, the cells are uptaking glucose at at a massive rate at that point. So it can definitely drop your blood glucose in a safe way. I'm not saying that you're getting hypoglycemic at all when this is happening, but it's really causing the body to use up that glucose in the way that we want it to be used as opposed to it being free-floating, sitting around, not used, and then the body's just like, oh, hey, let's turn this into fat and pack it away on the sides, eh? You're like, no, (laughs) that's not what I want, right? So in, in that sense, I too have seen the differences in body composition in a way where it feels like or what I would imagine feels like the the fat composition changing from that white fat to that brown fat, which is exactly what's happening because the cold exposure is activating our brown fat cells. And those are the ones that we want for our metabolism. We don't want the white fat cells. Those are the ones that make our clothes fit tighter, right? So we want the brown fat. So that's a really cool thing, cool takeaway of it. Um, I did want to talk about this study that I found, which has to do with inflammation and cold water therapy and cold exposure therapy in terms of controlling inflammation. So we do know that getting yourself into these environments where you're experiencing cold on a therapeutic basis like this, and what we're talking about is immersing yourself in cold water for anywhere from, you know, one minute to five minutes if it's really cold temperature, maybe up to like 10 minutes if it's not quite that cold. But I found this article using a study of patients with rheumatoid arthritis. And the reason why this is kind of near and dear to my heart is because I work with a lot of women who have autoimmune disease and rheumatoid arthritis is one of those that's really hard to put into remission and control some of the symptoms. And what was really fascinating about it is that 
the people who started doing cold exposure, actually it decreased the pain because what it's doing is it's decreasing the inflammatory signaling molecules. And so they were able to get much more management on their pain without using pain medication and that kind of thing for these folks who have rheumatoid arthritis in their hands and feet and knees and joints and that kind of thing. So I I just thought that was super cool. That is really, really cool. And I mean, I don't want to say it's free medicine because obviously there's some money involved in it, but it's definitely something that's, I think, probably more accessible to people to do this and at least experiment with. I mean, you've got your horse trough, which was a rather low investment (laughs) compared to the cold plunge that's five grand. Yeah. That's the deluxe model, folks, with the auto filtration, water circulation, like it keeps it cold. Like, yeah, that's a deluxe model. Yeah. You've got the more manual model. <laughs> you have to lug <laughs> your own ice into it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Dump the water out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's more work in the front end of it, like I said, but it's it's worth it to me. And um, it, yeah, it was not, it was something that felt like, okay, well, this is definitely a purchase I'm going to think about. But I also knew that at that point, like, I love this. I want to do it. And so I knew that it would be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I do kind of like the, the, I guess I'll call it the lazy model or whatever. I haven't gotten the horse trough yet. Probably will. But I was able to test the temperature of the water of the tap here at the house. And that water is around 59 Fahrenheit, which is cold enough. You have to stay in it longer. So usually I'm in there between eight and 10 minutes. And then, then I'll start to shiver around minute seven or eight, as opposed to three minutes in like 40 degree water. So, yeah, you know, just using that water, it's enough, right? So it can be free even at home. But let's let's talk about outdoors. Like yes. this is kind of the cool thing, right? And the, why I love this podcast so much is that we want to utilize nature as much as possible. For a lot of us, we have access to a large body of water that probably is cold unless you're in, you know, tropical Florida or something like that you might have access to a large body of water that's cold and and that's a place to experiment with these things. So lakes, streams, ocean, if you're in northern latitudes enough to get cold water in the ocean, I mean, any of these locations can be cold water experience. Yeah. So I know. And yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear more about this as you recently just did this as well. I did. Yes. I yeah. So we went camping two weekends ago and we ended up finding a camp that was next to a stream and this was near Mount Shasta. So where we camped, I think we were at like, I want to say we were close to 5,000 feet elevation maybe. And there was a little bit of snow on the ground, not a lot, but a little bit. And there's the stream. And I found a, a space in the stream that had a big enough pool that I could get my entire body into. And so because I've had an experience with the cold plunge at a local spa and my bath cold experience, we'll just call it a cold experience, not a cold plunge because <laughs> it's definitely a temperature difference, but I, uh, I psyched myself out. So I was like, huh, I'm not going to measure the water temperature. I just don't want to know. I'm just going to get in, do it, stay in for three minutes and then temperature take the temperature of the water. And it, it turned out to be 41 degrees. So yeah, I was... That's impressive. I loved it. It's such a um, such a good feeling afterwards. The getting in is a mental game. 
It's just a mental game. It's like anything we do outdoors is that's challenging. It's more of a mental game than it is an actual physical skill, right? Rock climbing, that's all mental game. It's not really a physical skill. There's some physical skill, of course, but you know, it's like there's this mental game. So I just had to like get myself into a space of like, nope, I'm not going to die. <laughs> I'm going to go straight into this water. I'm not going to have a heart attack. I'm just going to focus on my breath. I'm just going to float there in that pool and just see how this goes. And I was able to stay in for three minutes. So I was pleased with that. It was fun. Yeah, so impressive. I was happy to see that. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because I think part of this too is people people hear that I'm doing this or they see me doing this. Um, I'm thinking about my husband actually right now because he's just like, no way in hell. I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm going to physically put myself into that environment, even if it's like for a short period of time. So, you know, I would love to hear kind of your thoughts around like, what did you do to prepare yourself mentally for this is going to be an okay experience mm -hmm. as opposed to a terrifying experience or a I'm going to die experience? Um, well, I I do think that I tend to be someone who is like, I'll just take any experience. Like, I, I think this will be so cool. And I just like, like say yes to this. So that curiosity was very high in me of like, well, what is this about? Like a lot of people are into this. And so I want to know what it feels like. But again, I really focused and continue to since I do this and I'm more seasoned in it now than I was a year ago. I focus in on my breath before and I just repeat to myself, this is safe. You are okay. You can get out at any time that you want. You know, this is you are in control of this experience. And I just repeat that to myself because ultimately I am. If I get in there and for some reason I'm like, I can't do three minutes, then get out. Uh, if I get in there and I start to, you know, get really cold and shiver, I can remind myself like this is temporary. So those are kind of that's like kind of like the self-talk that I have with myself. Mm -hmm. But then I also, again, logistically, I do a lot of breath work before. So I will find some rhythm of breath that works for me, whether that's cadence breathing, also known as boxed breath, or I'll just do a prolonged exhale, or I will do some sort of alternate nostril or something to get me into a relaxed state. Because when I get in there, I'm going to have that moment of like, oh my gosh, what happened? This is really cold. What's going on? And so if I can go in as relaxed as possible, that's really my game plan. So I get in there and then immediately, again, I'm just focusing on breath because my, my, my brain wants to wander. My brain wants to freak out and say, danger, get out. This is not good for you. Right. And so I have to bring it back to my breath and say, this is uncomfortable but you can do this. You're totally safe. And this is going to be over in three minutes. So that's kind of how I, that's my game plan when it comes to doing these cold plunges. Yeah. I think about it kind of in, in the same way of me doing any kind of adventurous thing outdoors. Like inevitably something's going to be hard. Like I'll go out on a backpacking trip and a thunderstorm will roll through and I'm going to have to like survive the thunderstorm. And inevitably something like that happens. But I know that it's something that's going to be temporary and I know that I can get through it. Like our bodies are pretty amazing at adapting and being resilient for these things. So that's something that I use as a mental kind of thing. The other piece for me, too, is that with with having Raynaud's syndrome, which means for those people that don't know what Raynaud's is, it's an autoimmune condition that if you do experience cold temperatures, sometimes your blood vessels will constrict all the way and like shut off 
all blood to the extremities of your fingers and toes. It looks really freaky when you have white fingers and, you know, pink hands. Yeah. That's a really weird look. The way that I mitigate that is that I usually will keep my feet and my hands out of the water if it's cold, cold, so that my body doesn't go into that like temperature shock and and shut those things down. But I do notice that if I am in warmer water, warmer-ish water, like aka bathtub out of the tap water, I can actually keep my feet and my hands submerged. So I just play around with that. You know, it's like I always know like I can get out at any time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the other thing. You're not trapped under ice in the wilderness and not able to get up. Like you can actually get out anytime. So that's kind of a cool thing too. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I just I want that benefit and I want that feeling after. And so I'm like, if I have to, if I have to be in this cold water for three minutes to get that euphoric feeling after, then I'm gonna do it. And it's a feeling of pride afterwards too, because that's hard. Like this is hard stuff. We're not talking about it as if this is like, oh no, big deal, go just jump in a thing of water and you'll be fine. Like it's difficult. And so there's this feeling of being proud and accomplishment that comes with it. And if I know that that's on the other side, then it's a lot easier for me to do it. Yeah, I think that's why I'm into a lot of my outdoor adventurous sports and things that I do is because there's something about it that is challenging. And if I have that challenge and I accomplish that challenge, even if it's not perfect, it always feels so gratifying to know that, wow, I can do hard things and I'm strong. Like Mm -hmm. that's just a really nice feeling to have and being able to do it with something as simple as getting into some cold water intentionally is kind of cool too. Yeah, absolutely. I think you and I are really getting very excited. So behind the scenes, we're planning an event that's happening this fall. We are co-hosting along with a couple other leaders, but we're co-hosting a in-person wilderness retreat. And one of the things that both Evie and I are most excited about is this concept of doing a cold plunge in the natural environment. So we've been on the hunt for some alpine lakes that are going to guarantee be cold in September. So I'm excited for that that adventure with you. I'm so excited. I have not done one like in nature. And so I think that'll be so cool to do and beautiful and add another layer to the obsession with these. Yeah, I think it's it's funny because there's a couple of places where we go hiking locally here in Santa Cruz and there's some streams that are going by. And I keep thinking like, gosh, every time I do this hike, maybe I should just move some of the rocks and like eventually build up a pool so that I can get (laughs) into the water. Yes. I don't even know if it's allowed where I'm doing it, but I mean, why not, uh, you know, utilize anything that's in our environment for free. And of course, we're close to the ocean here in Santa Cruz. And I have several friends here in town who regularly go swimming in the ocean in the morning without a wetsuit. Yeah. Right. And they're effectively doing their own cold plunge in that way. So, you know, there's lots of different ways to do this. And of course, it doesn't need to be very long at all. No. Like depending upon the temperature, one minute to three, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it does not need to be this. And it, it really doesn't take much time. I think the psyching yourself up for it takes more time than the actual act itself. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think there's that mental aspect, which is so big. Yes. But it's it's a good thing to practice. You know, having that kind of mental discipline in that way is is also very helpful, especially from a wellness standpoint, right? We need mental mindset discipline sometimes to get ourselves through some of the harder stuff. Um, you know what was interesting in some of the studies? I just glanced at my notes and, and saw that I didn't talk about this one. There is a study that was done on mice that showed that the cold exposure changes the gut microbiome and it changes it to improve energy metabolism and support keeping the body warmer. So I thought that was really kind of cool that Very cold exposure has yeah. an effect on the microbiome. Yes. Yeah. If you guys don't know this already, Evie and I do a lot of poop tests. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of looking at people's microbiomes. And so we uh, are always keen to understand what's going on with the microbiome. So yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Absolutely. Uh, anything else that we wanted to cover today? No, I, I think that this, again, a good crossover with the episode that we've recorded before. If you haven't listened to that, go in. We share a little bit more detail about our own ex uh, experience with it, benefits. But I'm very excited to explore the option of doing this outdoors as, again, we've just we both have just fallen in love with it for good reason. There's so many benefits that we've experienced and hopefully you're able to try it as well. And maybe you just start with the, doing it in your bathtub and yeah. uh, maybe that's just going to be the extent of it, but at least give it a shot and do some breath work beforehand and be prepared and know that again, it's temporary. You're going to be fine and uh, you can get out at any time that you want. That's right. And we'll include some resources in the show notes if you haven't heard about Mr. Wim Hof mm -hmm. yet, you probably will if you do any searching on the internet about cold plunge and cold exposure. He's very big on teaching breathwork technique and then being able to sustain exposure to cold and other extremes. So we'll include a link to the Wim Hof method for you as well. But yeah, any of our resources that we've come across so far and whether you're using your bathtub, you're getting a horse trough, you're, you know, shelling out money to have the deluxe cold plunge, or you're seeking out wilderness locations like lakes and streams and rivers, anything that's cold, like go out there and let us know your experience. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. If you are ready to dig deeper into your health, stop playing the wackest symptom game, start testing to get better guidance, you can find more about Terea at tereyarodriguez.com and you can find Evie at holisticallyrestored.com. Want to peek into what it's like to work with us? Come join us at our optimized wellness community. You can find the invitation link in the show notes below. And if you have a question for the show, you can submit your question under the podcast section of TereaRodriguez.com. Finally, if you found something helpful in this episode, don't forget to leave a review, hit that follow button, or share it with a friend. They're going to love that you thought of them. Until next time, see you outside.